From the creator economy to the end of Bretton Woods and the origins of the metaverse, this is the UAE Tech Podcast Web3 edition. Tune in for cutting-edge interviews on how blockchain is reshaping cyberspace, finance and culture from here in Dubai and cities around the world. We have two intrinsic uh, aspects in our algorithm, one of which is that we do not need any synchronization pattern. Normally, uh, any receiver and transceiver needs a known sync word first to be sync and we say shake hands and then the data is communicated. Our patented algorithm allows us to do this without any known sync pattern no preamp. So this is very interesting and this is uh, quite unique. And secondly, we can communicate the signal much below the noise level. It means that we can have silent reception, which means that the signal will not be even detectable, which made it very interesting for the military applications that I mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, of course, we also use the AES-256 dynamic key for the encryption of the data and the fact that we establish locally the network and your data is not on the cloud. Everything is in the servers of the client. Sabah Homami is CEO and co-founder of Prose, a French deep tech company based out of Grenoble, which is producing a new generation of radio frequency technology. With an MSc in physics alongside her business partner Jules, the company recently won a national award in France and uh, recently at CES Las Vegas. RF technologies underlie many of the innovations in 5G, IoT and cybersecurity that we've discussed on this series in the past. But how do these devices talk to each other? What are the challenges with communicating to a device underground, be it a drone in the sky or devices in the forest, checking in case a forest fire would break out. The problem in French is known as zone blanche, or in English as a black spot. It's an area with little or no communication or radio infrastructure. The question is, can a French startup help innovate across the communication stack? And why is the UAE such a promising market to perhaps begin? Today we're talking with Sabah Homami, CEO and co-founder of a company called Prose, which recently won the CES Innovation Awards in Las Vegas and the French National Innovation Award in 2019. Sabah, thanks so much for joining us today. So could you tell us a little bit about Prose? What does it do? What, does, what kind of market is the company in? And how did you get involved in this space? Hello, John. Thank you for having me today. Uh, yeah, with pleasure. As you know, Prose is a French deep tech startup. We started uh, in 2021 officially in uh, Grenoble, France, which is known to be the Silicon Valley of Europe, actually. So here is the city that uh, all the main telecom industry of France and the leaders of uh, Europe, uh, European and international telecom companies have uh, started. Uh, you may have heard about the big names uh, like Laura, Sigfox, so they all started here. 
basically, it's very famous for uh, telecom technology. And here is uh, where I started in Grenoble when I was doing my physics degree. I was doing my master's and then I uh, got familiar with my CTO who was doing his PhD and postdoc in the, this field. And then we came up with this brilliant idea uh, in LPWAN, which stands for Low Power Wide Area Network. Uh, we developed a solution together, which is non-cellular, non-satellite solution, and um, it provides you with a long-range, low-power, bi-directional communication, which is reliable and secure. And uh, it, this, uh, basically, this solution is innovative and it's patented by Prose and uh, has been receiving a lot of uh, impressions from the potential clients like for military applications, for IoT applications, etc. That's fascinating. I didn't know that about Grenoble. Um, I have to do some more research into that because it sounds like there's a really interesting community over there. And I wasn't aware that people are called it the <laughs> Silicon Valley of France either, yeah. um, which is surprising because I've got a lot of friends and family out there. But um, okay, so... I had a question when I first looked at this, and I do not know much about the space or radio frequencies, so hopefully this will be an interesting episode for everyone, and we can all find out a little bit more about this space. But um, when I was looking at this, I was thinking, okay, telecommunications, and then I saw a lot about Internet of Things, uh, which we've actually covered covered a lot on the UA Tech podcast, not so much on telecoms. So what is the kind of relationship between those two things that traditionally growing up you'd think were different, right? Telecommunications, I'm sure many of us think of, you know, our mobile phones, landlines, maybe, you know, internet and Wi-Fi. But you also, as you mentioned, doing a lot of stuff on internet of things. Um, what is the relationship between telecommunications solutions and internet of things devices? Exactly. As you mentioned, there are different uh, telecommunication solutions like cellular, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, even satellite is a kind of RF uh, communication system. Uh, but each of which has their own advantages and disadvantages. And uh, according to that, they have their own applications for high data rate, low data rate, long range, low range. So for us, we have a new protocol we have a new telecommunication system like another mobile network, let's say, and we are able to establish a private secure network, which is most suitable for IoT because it provides you with long range of communication. So your devices, which are hundreds of kilometers far from each other, can talk to each other and you do not need a, like a super high data rate. So you can get connected in isolated areas easily to convey the essential messages. Uh, it has a lot of uh, applications in, uh, we call it zone blanche uh, or white areas, let's huh. say. And especially in MENA countries, uh, I realized that there is a huge demand for this market in Africa in even here in Europe. And uh, two weeks ago when I was in the U.S., uh, I had a lot of requests for big fields like in California, in Canada. And uh, also uh, last year when I was in Jitex, uh, I met uh, with the Minister of Energy and he was um, discussing this, the need for uh, the fields in Fujaira that uh, they need to connect the wells. So we offered the 
this uh, telecom solution for long-range communication. So uh, I realized that uh, even in UAE, there is a need for connecting points from, uh, let's say, ranging 10 kilometers to one another with a secure and private communication solution, which we provide. And uh, the furthest uh, communication distance we have reached was 174 kilometers, point-to-point line of sight. Wow, that's fascinating. And that is with devices. I guess a question for you is, are you trying to do this at scale for large industrial uh, businesses or for large areas of land? Or is this a kind of consumer thing? Uh, Yeah, our business model is a B2B one. And now we are uh, negotiating with different companies and governmental authorities from different countries, including uh, UAE and the US and and France, of course. And we are uh, going to participate in uh, national projects for the connectivity and establishing the secure and reliable network. So when we talk about these networks and these, they're called radio frequencies and RF transmitters. And, you know, I've been reading a lot about um, some of the technologies involved. What kind of information is being shared over these networks? So, for example, I know in the UAE, UAE is a massive global logistics hub with very, very uh, advanced port infrastructure, for example. And I know the UAE has been looking very closely at putting IoT devices uh, in some of its critical infrastructure from, you know, uh, ports to airports and, and public transport. What are the kind of information packets that can be sent over these networks? Is it all sorts of information or is it very specific types of information? Uh, actually, it could uh, include anything basically from data um data which indicate the location, the temperature, some essential information, depending of the network you want us to establish for you, depending on the user and the range of communication you're looking for, we can adapt, we can optimize the data rate and the communication range according to the particular application. Obviously, it varies uh, from application to application, like for for instance, for IoT or asset tracking, you do not need a high data rate. You do not normally need to send a 4K video. So we design for you a particular kind of network and for military application where you're uh, sending some videos with from the drones, which are uh, live, obviously you need high data rate. And we offer normally our standard uh, modem offers uh, data rate between 70 megahertz to 8 gigahertz. So this is the standard range, but uh, we can do adaptive uh, data rate and we can customize our network based on the need of the client. What do you think the key business use case for pros going forward will be? I know we've talked a lot about IoT because I think it's on a lot of people's minds. But when you're looking at your company, what is the growth area that you're most excited about? One of the things that uh, actually I see fulfilling personally and I see of high demand uh, for the world, especially from environmental uh, aspect, is uh, for wildfire prevention. 
You know, uh, right now, annually, wildfire prevention is responsible for 20% of the carbon emission, carbon dioxide emission, which yeah. is also the biggest responsible factor for the global warming. And uh, we all are familiar with the causes and consequences. So for the wildfire prevention, we have uh, particularly designed um, a product in 169 megahertz. It's a special frequency in ISM band that gives you a, a very high penetration. And uh, this, uh, this modem is unique. This is the first kind uh, of this type. And uh, with this high penetration, you can use it for forest. You can even use it for minings or industrial areas. But for me personally, uh, my priority is to complete this uh, forest project. And uh, hopefully by next summer, we can have a very good impact for the environment. Because once you are able to detect the first smokes in the forest and communicate it to the long distance which your base station is located, then you can uh, prevent the wildfire easily because when you're alarmed properly with a secure network, then you can act promptly and, uh, you know, stop the cause. Yeah, so I guess that's about, um, you know, preempting and, and, and predicting and sensing whether there are conditions where a forest fire could get started. I know precision ag agriculture is something that you've looked at as well. Is that presumably checking on the health and the, the um, oxygen levels and the water levels of crops through IoT? What, how does that work? Uh, we are basically responsible for the communication part. So we work with the sensor manufacturers. Right. And the detection is more of a sensor right. part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, we are responsible for being able to communicate this data uh, yeah. as you know, as fast as possible and as reliable as possible. And of course, having this penetration through jungle is something which really, um, which near, uh, really needs to be addressed because today is still a challenge. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. no, I totally get that working with manufacturers is important and that they have the particular kind of use cases and you know but a, a radio frequency that works in forests is, is obviously useful for a lot of different kind of um clients now there are a couple of other areas that i thought were really interesting smart mining and asset tracking so just so people can understand why this these new technologies are useful what are the kind of things you can do with smart mining or asset tracking for smart mining, for instance, um, we had uh, a potential client and now we are uh, discussing the specifications and doing the tests for them shortly. Uh, actually, um, you know, uh, it's again the question of penetration down the ground. So uh, there is no cellular or Wi-Fi or any other communication means that can work apart from the wire, which is also fragile. I'm talking about the optical fiber. Uh, so neither of these uh, solutions are reliable enough to be used in mines to uh, basically uh, gather the data from under the ground and collect it and transfer it to the base station. So they are also looking for a reliable means of communication which can penetrate through the, the concrete walls and go under the ground and uh, gather the data promptly. And 
in a reliable way. So this is the the reason why we are interesting for the miners and the mine owners. And regarding asset tracking, uh, as I said, there are lots of um, white areas where there is no coverage, no cellular coverage, no network coverage, and satellite is uh, you know, for IoT applications, satellite is normally used, but it's very, very expensive. So it doesn't make sense. For IoT and especially asset tracking, we can replace satellite in this kind of application. So it makes sense. For instance, uh, I spoke to a client in the U.S. Uh, who wanted to have the... Uh, have um, the monitor, a uh, live monitor on the boats. So he wanted to have the drones on the yachts that were on in the sea, and he wanted to have the live uh, vision of what's going on on the boats. So, you know, also satellite has uh, some security problems because other people can also hack into it. But once you have a private network, which is uh, secure and long-range enough, then you can uh, reach your goals if you want to, like, uh, keep checking uh, about your about your goods or whatever you want to check within the ship uh, where there is no cellular or no Wi-Fi, no other coverage, then pros can shine. That's yeah. what we offer. It's, it's really kind of um, surprising, the idea that these radio frequencies can work underground or work through water or, you know, work uh, through different kind of mediums. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about security because you mentioned having a private network and mm -hmm. we've done a couple of episodes on cybersecurity. Um, we've talked at various people working on private networks at, on the B2B and the B2C end. Um, how does the private network with pros function and is this something you're excited about? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, the security nature of our um, solution doesn't only rise from the fact that we could establish a private network from, for you, but it also uh, comes from the fact that we have two intrinsic uh, aspects in our algorithm, one of which is that we do not need any synchronization pattern. Normally, uh, any receiver and transceiver needs a known sync word first to be sync and we say shake hands and then the data is communicated. Our patented algorithm allows us to do this without any known sync pattern, no preamp. So this is very interesting and this is uh, quite unique. And secondly, we can communicate the signal much below the noise level. It means that we can have silent reception which means that the signal will not be even detectable, which made it very interesting for the military applications that I mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, of course, we also use the AES-256 dynamic key for the encryption of the data. And the fact that we establish locally the network and your data is not on the cloud, everything is in the servers of the client. It also gives them the... Uh, sense of security even more and uh, our data is also encrypted in physical layer rather than just uh, how to say encrypted online yeah that definitely makes sense on the on the servers and you mentioned the what we call the dual use case um the interest of of 
the military sector, which I think is probably obvious to, to most people listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you how, because in the UK and Canada and other countries, we've actually had some episodes on this. Moving into the telecoms industry is, is super hard. It's kind of a, 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 a pretty closed industry. It takes millions and millions of dollars for, for people to do anything in this space or enter into it. So I wanted to ask you, what was the market like in France? You know, in the UK, it's incredibly hard for young people to begin companies in the telecom space, be it in IoT or or Salia or any other aspect of the market. What was it like for you moving into this space? And do you feel that, you know, you're able to compete against organizations that are twice your size? Um, Actually, the good thing is that we were lucky to be in France because we benefit from uh, the governmental support a lot, and especially because of the fact that we have a strong academic background in this field. Uh, we have the label Deep Tech, which is recognized by Bank Public Investissement, BPI France. It's the investment uh, public bank of France, and uh, they are an institution. Wow. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are an institution that really support the younger startups who have. Um, very solid background in the the tech uh, part of this uh, business. And uh, of course, there's a lot of qualifications you need to meet. And we did that. Uh, But I'm quite happy that we started here. And like I mentioned, France is very, very advanced in telecom industry. And of course, to be a successful entrepreneur, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of motivation but uh we have come so far and uh we are happy to be here to start in france uh the only thing that i think uh could be challenging in france is the bureaucracy although there is a lot of support european funds and uh, national funds and everything the bureaucracy is something which can really uh prolong the procedure of growing uh, and for us, especially in this domain, this um, time is a very important factor. And I found everything very quick uh, in UAEs and in all uh, Gulf countries, actually, when I had a visit. Um, so this is the advantage that you guys have in UAE that uh, with the administrative, I think everything is a lot more faster and a lot more dynamic in UAE. So. We are already uh, negotiating with a couple of potential investors in UAE, and uh, we are thinking to open an uh, open an office in the UAE and bring the technology there for at least for covering Middle East region. Yeah, that sounds great. And I know you guys were at Jitex last year. Um, mm-hmm. And had a good Jitex there. And I think that you know, I think the bureaucracy is something that a lot of people have alluded to a lot of it is is digitalized in the uae so basically you're looking at moving out uh you know expanding and getting business outside of france what is it that you think about the uae and the gcc that is attractive right now i mean you mentioned speed i guess is also a young population do you think there are a lot of entrepreneurs in france that have kind of got to your phase of, of business development and are looking at the UAE and GCC as a potential market? 
Yeah, I think I was surprised actually with the capacity that I saw when I was in Drytex last year. And uh, exactly because of the dynamic and the ecosystem uh, that exists in UAE and most uh, Gulf countries, I think there is a very good potential and very good opportunities to expand internationally. And why not? I mean... We yeah, would well, always yeah. like to grow, yeah. And um, I do see a good potential in UAE particularly. I think a lot of people do. Well, Saba Hamami, thank you so much for joining us on the UAE Tech Podcast today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Have a great afternoon. Sponsor information. The UAE Tech Podcast is distributed by Albuaba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Alboeba Business, syndication distribution on Alboeba Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Alboeba is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.